Welcome to the Arrangers Podcast. I'm Aaron Hedenstrom. And I'm Drew Zaremba. The Arrangers Podcast is a show dedicated to insightful discussion about the art, craft, and business of music arranging and composition. Be sure to subscribe through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us your questions at thearrangerspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. And on Twitter at thearrangerspod. Thanks for tuning in. Good day, everybody. Earlier this year, Drew and I sat down with the wonderful Michael Nelson, who has accumulated an impressive resume throughout his career. He has been one of Prince's primary arrangers and trombonists and is the leader and arranger of the a cappella horn group, The Hornheads. This is part two of that interview. Just so you have some context, uh, part one of this interview left off with Michael talking about his work arranging full orchestrations for Prince in recent years. So here we go with part two. I have a, I have a half a dozen tracks that are full orchestrations. So it was, you know, me and Adi and String Jesus and the Hornheads. And he never told me this, but I would bet any amount of money that at least three of them were literally just so he could hear what it sounded like. And he would drop that kind of money just to see. It would just go in the vault. And it's just mind-boggling that you would have somebody that creative and with those resources that would allow you to just do that. I mean, you know, who, who name somebody else. That's a, that's a sandbox kind of situation right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. You know, one of them, one of them he sent me was an instrumental. I wish I could play it for people, but it, it went through, you would never in a million years guess it's Prince. And it went through, it's about four minutes long and it goes through about these three or four different sections. It's kind of cinematic. Then it goes in kind of a Santana thing. And then there's kind of a, almost a big band jazz little with a little, jazz guitar riff thing it's crazy and he sent ah. it to me and he never did this until the last couple of tracks we worked on and i and i think it really had to do with he wanted the public to reconnect to real music that he grew up listening to and mm. and so he sent me a reference and he goes he sent me things i want strings and horns and bell and harp and and timpani and, and everything just have fun and i was like I, I got this from prince i'm like oh my god i can't oh my god you know are you kidding me <laughs> you know and 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 then he sent and for blanche. reference he puts a link on there i go to youtube and it's uh it's uh, aquarius and let the sun shine in you know oh <laughs> go, okay man you know here we go and it turned out fantastic yeah and he loved it and and then from there, he just started. He sent me the last one that we did in, in January of 2016. Like I said, was a it was an Earth, Wind, and Fire thing, and he, that was the other reference, some something like September. And you know, I mean, I, that I just have no doubt that would have just gone on indefinitely, and that it would have it was like picking up steam, actually. You know, that's crazy. And so when wow. he when he died, man, that was just gut wrenching. You know, it was just just awful. Yeah, and, tragic. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm just not over it. It's just, oh, it's, just not. I mean, there's, uh, there's no other. Re, there was no other interaction like that. There's no replacing that. So, but anyway, I, I got, you know, I got. Um, I was very, very fortunate to, oh. to, to be able to do what I did in that period. So, well, thanks for sharing all that. That stuff. I mean, that's fascinating for for us to hear. You know, as outsiders. Prince has this mystique, and of course, you got to work with him so closely. So yeah, thank you for for all of that. Sure, sure, yeah. To hear the process and and how um, you know 
you were almost an instrument for him, but he let you, but you also did your own thing, you know, like it was a, it really sounds like a, a wonderful collaboration that where you got to explore and through that exploration, he got to explore and it was a mutual thing going on. It was, it sounds fantastic. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I uh, I guess I, I, I haven't really shared this story, but because it <laughs> part of it just sounds it sounds a little braggadocious, but I'll try to put it in context. Back in 2013, after we had come back and done a lot of recording, some of it ended up on the last album, but then Claire Fisher passed away. And Claire and Prince, uh, that that was a just a absolutely mind-blowing uh, collaboration. Those two. And Prince never no, met no. Claire. He never, never met him. Really? Nope. Wow. He, I, oh at gosh. some point, somebody told me he just didn't want to meet him. Huh. And so send the track to L.A., get the track back. And when Claire passed away, then Prince contacted me and, and um, you know, he said, uh, do you know anybody like Claire? And I'm thinking, who, who's like Claire? My God, are right. you kidding me? You know? Right. And so, you know, I mentioned Adi Shia and, um, and I gave the information and then. A month later, I got the same email again, and and then he had huh. a try, and I did the same thing, and and then I uh, then what happened was, it, is he wanted me to do it, mm. is and he said he said can you put this together, and so he wanted me to produce so wow and and basically and it it was a good thing because, um, Adi Shai is a brilliant string arranger yeah but but I have twenty five years with Prince mm-hmm. and I I it's a it's yeah. a totally different game. You don't do your normal thing with Prince, right? And and before that that little thing that kind of that those emails happen and we started doing this, Prince asked the Hornheads to go back on full time with him in 2013. Okay, and that just wasn't feasible for us. Mm. And because full time with uh-huh. Prince is, I mean it it's 12, 14 hour days. I wow. mean it's 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 brutal. And we all had other things. We had lives. You just mm-hmm. have to you have to shut down and say this is it and this is all I'm doing. Yeah. Fit other things in when you can, but you know, good luck. And it also is how long until until full time till when? Yeah. And then you you dump everything right. and then a month later, oh yeah, okay, we're done with full time. You know, I and and again, right. I, I you know, I don't say that because he's I don't I'm not saying he's he's being malicious about that is literally a month later he doesn't need you full time so right. that's that's the right. reality then right. okay you know yeah so but we so he um he started auditioning other horn sections and he auditioned he ended up hiring two different horn sections and mainly that was because i was writing all these arrangements for double horn heads and he was really digging it huh. so i would do wow. a i do a regular horn head section two trumpets tenor bone berry and then I do another pass with uh, three muted brass and flute and clarinet, and and maybe wow. thinking about or 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 flugelhorns and euphonium and mm. flute and clarinet, that kind of thing. If I wanted a softer sound, so a lot of that stuff, and then some of it was just double horn heads, just because I wanted power and uh, and do some thicker voicings. And I did one tune where it was literally a really a big band actually. So he was he was really digging that. So he tried out all these other horn sections playing one of these solis I had written. And when he got that together, he brought me, uh, he brought me to Paisley, and he introduced me to to Phil Lassiter, who is a uh-huh. phenomenal yeah. arranger and he's yeah. great, great guy really great and great too. player. I mean, he's just fantastic. And 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 um, but uh, Prince, um, 
he he really pushes the people he works with and he also he's kind of old school in the way of throwing people in other people's faces <laughs> you know <laughs> and, and, and yeah for um, sure so so i and and prince is very um uh, when he's working he's working and he's you know all the years i worked with him he was very matter of fact and he really he wasn't even he wouldn't even you know necessarily thank you for something but that's okay you know i mean you yeah. did the work you knew mm-hmm. you knew that he was happy with it because you finished it you know and he wasn't correcting anything anymore you know but in these last years he was he he seemed more uh just more free and happier um and mm. and actually more more gracious mm. and, and and grateful even but in this instance and you know, like, like I, I think the only time I ever shook hands with Prince was the first time I met him, and then maybe one other time. You know, it wasn't wow. like you, were, you know, you hung out. You mm-hmm. know, he had his inner circle he hung out with, and and that's that was fine. But so I come into Paisley, and he said he had a couple song. They had a couple songs for me. And I I come up into the meeting room, and Phil is there, and who I didn't know at the time. And so he mm-hmm. he, he I come walking in. Prince gets up from his chair. And he comes over and says, "Great to see you." And he gives me a hug. Wow! And because I, I put on wow. my hand, I thought I'm going to get a handshake. That's wow! That's wow. new. And he he hugged me, man. Great yeah. to see you. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is different, <laughs> right?" And I sit down, and he says, "He said, you know, I've had a lot of arrangers through all, all the years." He said, "But only you and Claire understood my music." Wow! And um, and wow. so it, and I was like, "That's a huge compliment." Oh, I I just. Yeah, I mean that's incredible. So I mean, I don't even, I didn't even know what to do with that. I was, huh. like, and and so in any case, then we started talking about horn. He said, "This is Phil, and he's going to do some horse sex and stuff, whatever." And and you know, I did my best to help those guys and give them anything I had. And we continued recording, and then they started doing the live stuff, and you know, it was great. But mm-hmm. what, what I what I took from that, um, and why it's important as far as this the producing I did for, for the, these later tracks is, and, 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 and this is an important thing to understand when you're working with a very creative person, I think. And when you're trying to do something that other people haven't done uh-huh. is what I took from that thing. I, I don't consider myself the level of Claire Fisher. And I, I mean, I'm very proud of the work I've done, but Claire Fisher is, I mean, you know, he's one of the all-time brilliant. He's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I learned a yeah, lot from Claire brilliant. Fisher just listening to his string parts. You know? Uh-huh, yep. Um, but, uh, what I, but what I do know that is the same about Claire and I, and I heard somebody tell a story about, you know, when Claire would get a track, I think he would have his son Brent transcribe it. Oh, okay. Write it all out. And then he would look at it and he'd go, what the hell am I going to do with that? Because Prince would put, Every track had something in it that was not something you're used to. Huh. A weird bass note, a right. weird line, a weird harmony thing, a, a whatever. There, and weird isn't the right word. It was they were they were Prince. They they're just yeah. Prince. You hear yeah. it and you go, that's Prince. unique. Yeah, they're unique. unique. And it, they weren't mistakes. Other people that that you know maybe don't understand enough would listen. Oh, that's just a mistake. He just hit the wrong. He didn't, right. No, he, he he would fix a mistake if he thought it was a mistake. If he hit something that maybe he didn't expect, he he maybe that happened and he would just say, I like that. Yeah. You know, and he would leave it in there. But a lot of the stuff was really very intentional. And I know that every track I got from Prince uh, that I didn't try to to smooth it. 
I mm. smooth the edges. I didn't deprincify it. Yeah. That that was the mistake. Mm. Right. Is that well, you know, that chord, you know, you could just put a B thirteen over that. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, you you could, but then it's not Prince anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So you better figure out what that is and figure out how to make it your stuff fit. And I, I, I honestly believe that's what he was saying, mm. is that, that I got it in the sense that I honored what he did enough to not try to, to, to manipulate it into something common uh -huh. or something that fit in the book that, that I read about voicings or whatever. Right. And you'd, you'd just sit at the piano and you'd play and you'd go, what? okay, what is that? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna try these notes. So that was no, I don't like that. Okay, oh, that, well, that's interesting. Let's go with that. Yeah. And I swear that's that's what that was about. And so mm. that came into play when I started producing the the string sessions as well, and the and the horn sessions. I would write out a horn horn arrangement and woodwind arrangement, send it to Adi. He'd send something back and kind of be back and forth. And I go and he, you know, I'd say, no, follow my voicings on this thing during this guitar solo deal and and Adi wrote some just incredible stuff and it and it was kind of I think it was kind of in the way it was kind of like Prince too you know where I, you know I just I couldn't write some of this stuff Adi wrote I just I would never dream of some of that stuff and he'd come back and go, oh my god that's mm -hmm. perfect but let's put it here or or right. he'd send something back and I go no no try, try this along with the horn thing and, uh -huh. and and then he'd work with what I was working with and we'd get this back and forth, but we had to do it really quickly because Prince wasn't wasn't waiting for anything, you know. He just literally he expected, nah. you know, a full orchestration to show up, wow. you know. In a, I mean, we were turning them around in about oh seven or eight days. Wow, you know, from from getting the track to having it recorded with everybody, you know. I never smokes. want never wanted it to go two weeks. Never. Wow. I had I just yeah. knew that that depending on the track, sometimes it didn't matter. Yeah. But other times I knew that if I didn't get it in that, you know, and, and then you'd worry, well, did he forget about it? Am I going to even be able to sub submit an invoice? And I've got I just hired mm. 20 people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> so so there was always there was a, there was always some kind of, you know, intensity and drama. And 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 of course, I you know, 25 years, every track I sent to him, I still was going I hope that wasn't the last one. I hope I didn't. Oh, I wow. hope I didn't do something wrong. I, I mean, wow. I, I over the years I felt better and better about sure. it because he kept coming back to me and 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 then sent me some really in the last last couple things that I did for him. He he didn't usually do that. He sent back these wonderful emails just saying. Well, I mean, one of them just one of the tunes we did was this tune called Pangea, and he just went Pangea is magnificent. That's I got that. Wow, from it. You know, great. So like, wow. And, and and I was very proud of that track, but again, I was like. And 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 Adi and I kind of bumped heads on that one. I, I I he would he wanted it he he understood it differently than I did. And I go I swear this is I swear this is what he wants. He asked Prince asked something about he wanted some dissonance leading into this guitar solo, and and Adi wanted you know clashing n notes and and not was it dissonance it was. Um, Ah, oh, shoot, I can't remember. But in any case, Adi, Adi read it as dissonance, and I said, it's just, it's just, 
fullness and and, yeah. and drama mm. and and uh and so we like bumped heads and he just he finally said he said oh okay and we did it and then when i sent him the email he goes oh okay okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and Adi is the sweetest guy on the planet oh and, he's great and, and he's just yeah. great to work with and yeah and um you know you know everything he's doing is just gonna uh, and so it was a great that was a great so between Adi and i we had this kind of surprise me you know, and, but here's what I need in, I'm kind of, you know, channeling Prince or trying to, and, and cause I, cause I knew, I knew what, um, you know, what he was looking for, that stuff for the most part, you know, yeah. so, yeah. and what would, what would surprise him and what would get him excited. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah. So that was the kind of the last years that, that yeah. we worked on stuff together and, and really it became, uh, just one of those things where you just send them and I'd send it back and now, you know, we just turn them around and I, I had, I didn't see him last time I saw him, we worked on Judith Hill's album in 2014. I think that was, mm. and, uh, I was out to pay, at Paisley for a day and, you know, we hung out a little bit and, uh, that was about it. And the rest of the time it was, everything was uh, mm. off site. So, which means I have it all, which is, you know. Wow. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how all that stuff's going to shake out, but it's not, I, I'm not releasing it. Uh, yeah. There was some engineer released something a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, oh, really? And he put his own stuff on it. He put, you know, put the organ and oh, wow. stuff. I'm going, dude, I, I don't I don't know what the relationship is. Maybe he, he had a relationship like that with him, but I wouldn't. I, I mm. was like, an engineer, uh, whatever, I, who knows? You know what, I, I don't know. I shouldn't yeah. speak much about that. I don't know the whole story. But all, all I know is that um, that's a, and maybe he owed him money. I don't know. You know, <laughs> what the heck? Maybe he, yeah. maybe that was his way of getting back. You know, it's, you know, because that certainly happened too. And so I, I no no judgment, but I just know that I, that's not anything sure. I'm going to do. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, um, you want to get into some of the, the examples you were mentioning earlier? Yeah. You know what I'll, what I'll do is I'll start with, this is a great story. So here's a short story. So on the first Hornads album, there's first thing, thing, things I wrote for Hornads was Intermission, which is just, it was actually inspired by uh, intro on a uh, Jerry Hay intro on a Seawind album uh-huh. uh, thing. But it's just this kind of fanfare kind of thing that we turned into a song in the, with the MPG. But then I wrote New Delhi in, which is just kind of a funk tune, and I wrote an arrangement of Well You Needn't. And nice. when we were recording, working on the Symbol album with Prince, oh no, it was the next album, I think. That that was in the days of the the you know reel to reels, the 48 tracks, although he went back to that in the, at the end years. So when you were done with the tune, you had, you know, 10 minutes you had to sit when they changed the reels. So we played him Well You Needn't and noodle in it was one of the things that we were working on when we were you know kind of that so that's like the first hornhead stuff and so we just played them for him and like a week later he brought us back in and and he had this tune called billy jack bitch which is in d minor and and my tune noodle in is it's a like a d d7 with a with a you know head with a rhythm changes bridge and he wanted mm-hmm. us to play over that D minor groove, huh. that tune. And so we did that. And then he goes, what, what key is that Thelonious Monk tune? And I said, it's F. He goes, well, this is indeed, that'll work, right? <laughs> and I already learned, I'd already learned to say, yeah, sure. You know, why not? And, and so we played all of my arrangement of, well, you needn't over wow. a D minor groove as well. Yeah. 
and he actually put the tune together with all that in there. Wow. And and I wow. I'll, I can I can I can share that I'll share that MP3 with you guys, mm. but I don't think we can put it on the podcast. Sure, sure. But it's sure, absolute sure. insanity. And the final track, he just cut out. Well, you needn't. And 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 then just my tune remained there. So I actually have a, I I'm one of the few people that has a co-writing credit on a Prince tune. You know, wow. I mean that's yeah. It's wow. an, he never paid me for it, but at least I got it on the album. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that you know, I don't know. Somehow, I guess that's that. It's okay. You know, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. You know, but um, but but the whole idea of just putting, you know, putting that over, and 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 uh, I, I think he's. Oh, and I think when we finished that, I think, and he said, I, th- I think he said something like, how much do I have to pay Thelonious' son for that? <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And, and that may be why he took it out of there, too. Yeah, yeah. It may have been he didn't want huh. to pay the royalties. But anyway, I can pull that tune up. Sure. And that, that's kind of, because it's kind of the start of the Hornheads. It's also kind of the start of him um, wanting to you know, use the horns in certain, you know, or, or letting me write solis. And in fact, when we finished that track, um, yeah, I can tell that. I can actually tell, uh, can I tell that story? Because he was also just um, very um, uh, jealous, uh, jealous, I don't know, it's competitive. Mm. Because the first tune I wrote, Intermission, is a very cool tune, and, and it was supposed to be on an album, on an NPG album, but we put it together without him. And Levi, the guitar player, and I kind of produced it. And that's a very funky tune. And then Levi said, you know, we need this on the MPG album. He says, no, the album's done. He didn't want mm. it on there. But a year and a half later when we recorded this thing, he literally, Levi told me, right after we got done doing it, he called him up and he goes, I got something better than intermission. Huh. And he had like been holding that. For a year and a half, just because he wanted to be part of the process of wow. this funky horn thing. Yeah. And so he held it off the album because huh. he didn't do it. And then he, he called up Levi and says, I got something better now. Wow. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Um, so this is a little story about um, one of the first things that Prince used of the horn heads that I had written. Uh, a lot of people ask about this story. Those who know about Billy Jack Bitch and, the, and this horn feature that's the end of it always kind of want to know how that came about. And um, when we worked with Prince, um, we uh, we had a lot of downtime. We were on salary, and the horn section would get together and play. And this was really kind of the start of the Hornheads acapella group, where we would actually just uh, play our horn licks, and then we would uh, we got actually tired of playing our horn licks. We had, we had them down, so I started expanding them, and really just loving the sound of an acapella horn section. Yeah. And it's like mm. this this is really a this is a concept. This is really something. Taking five horns, just a stock funk horn section, and breaking it into a, a bass, uh, uh, some kind of rhythm comping thing, and a melody, having, you know, laying down a bed for solos. And, and so the, right. one of the first things I wrote was a, a song called New Del Inn. And uh, it's it's just Barry, tenor, trombone, and two trumpets. And... Um, I'll play a little bit of uh, that for you in a minute, but basically what happened is we had I had written that arrangement and an arrangement of Well You Needn't um, that featured Barry Sachs and uh, just for the five horns. And in the, this was in the early, mid-'90s. We were recording. Anytime you got done with a song, they would have to change the, the 
reel-to-reel tapes uh-huh. and uh, yeah, for right. the 48 track, and it would take five or ten minutes. So in one of those breaks, uh, Dave Jensen, our uh, trumpet, one of our trumpet players, said, uh, "Do you want to hear some stuff we're working on?" And Prince said, "Sure." And he used, Prince usually walked out and came back in, but you know he stuck around. So we played this stuff for him, and and I don't know that we got any feedback at that moment. But what happened is about a, a week later, he called us back in and he had a song that he wanted us to play this over. So I'm going to play the 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 first version of uh, of Noodle Inn, the acapella version, which is what we played for Prince. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to show you what happened with it. Um. And so it's basically just a song based on a, a D7, mm-hmm. dominant D7 chord. And then I put a basically a rhythm changes bridge in it. Mm. And so that's yeah, right. that, that's basically the tune. And then what I I put a uh, a soli section. There's a there's a nice tenor solo. And uh, by Kenny Holman, and then it goes into this breakdown, which um, hopefully I can find. It's right about here. So here's Kenny finishing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and back and back into the head. So, so basically, that's we played that that tune for Prince as well as a arrangement of "Well You Needn't." And um, so now here's here's how it um, ends up in the tune. And understand that this is actually going over strictly a D minor groove uh, in the rhythm section with a right, uh, you know, like right. a probably just like a sharp five A seven turnaround at the very end. Um, mm-hmm. So. So that's the basic groove of it. I'm going to skip ahead to before the horn solely comes in. Oh uh, man, I wanted to keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you 8 bars of the groove here. <laughs>
please access another experience. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so anyway, the, so, I mean, that was a lesson in, um, in creativity. Yeah. You know, is right. that he heard, you know, he heard that thing and he said, oh, let's put that over this groove. And, wow. and we only changed a couple of chords uh, for whatever reason. Right. He didn't like that high a seven sharp nine. I had, mm -hmm. I had the, the sharp nine and the, and the major third way up top with tenor and bone, the, the dissonance, dissonance, he just turned it into a, I think into a, just a minor chord. Okay. And then, and then a hit on the one halfway through. But other than that, it's, it was pretty much intact. And, and then it totally and, works. Yeah. It's, it's, it really those, does. You know, those, those, yeah. It, it's, it's crazy to listen to. And, and, and I, I have to, um, a, a, a point of pride I had that Billy Jack Bitch uh, was named by Rolling Stone as one of Prince's deep tracks. I, they li wow. listed like 15 of his deep tracks and it was in there. And I know that, you know, Dang. in the Prince fan things, when they talk about um, the ask about the funkiest horn stuff, it's 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 either always either Billy Jack Bitch or a tune called Rock Hard in a Funky Place, where Eric did a just a really very cool horn line kind of yeah. thing um and uh so it's it's either one of those two tunes but then the other part wow. of that that story is after we finished recording the the noodle in over the d minor thing then he asked what key the thelonious monk tune well you needn't was in he says what what key is that th that monk tune you played in and i said well it, it's it's an f and he goes well this is indeed that'll work right <laughs> and yeah. you know, <laughs> learning that anything could possibly work, we played my entire arrangement of "Well, You Needn't" wow. over that same groove. Um, those of you who can search out bootlegs, find the extended version. It's pretty crazy. Um, wow! And they and he he put a guitar solo in it. He put all these samples of um, uh, uh, just the, the you know voice samples and things like that. There's one um, there's one thing uh, where the where we're doing all these offbeats, uh, bop, 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 and he's got he's got the tuned bitch, 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 <laughs> climbing up with the horns and stuff. It's it's just absolute insanity. And and the the final version actually got trimmed back to the just the um, the what you just heard. Now that was the 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 recorded version of mm. it. But you know it's one of those deals where. He was just, um, he was always experimenting. And fortunately, I got i got credit on the album as a co-writer, which yeah. was really, very really, cool. Yeah, very, very. Incredible. And I even, I even have the sheet sheet music. There's a sheet music book of that. Oh, of huh. that Of that wow. album. It's, and, and it actually has Billy Jack Bitch oh, on the last page and has my name. He prints, you know, symbol and my name as, as writers. It, they didn't actually write out the horn solely. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? No, yeah. I never oh, got no. to that. <laughs> they, they were smart to just stay with the verses and choruses. Right. So, yeah, that'd be a pretty hard exercise for a pianist. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that would be an, that would be an interesting one. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. So that I mean, that's a little peek into that that initial process of wow. of um, and how he worked in the studio. Just kind of, you know, if if you know if you threw something at him, his you know his players that that NPG band with. Michael Bland, Sonny Thompson, Levi Caesar, Tommy Elm, Morris Hayes, um, and uh, well, Rosie Gaines was in for a while. Fantastic singer, but those those guys were like the core rhythm section. I'm, I mean, man, once he got those guys, 
It was a different game. Mm. I mean, no disrespect to the the revolution who, you know, I mean, that band has a sound and it was, it's, you know, obviously it was the most popular time, but that MPG could do anything that he could think of. And, and I think for the fans that might've been, I don't know if, uh, for the true fans, I, I don't know that it was a bad thing, but for the fans that grew up listening to Prince in the 80s, it probably wasn't a good thing mm. because all of a sudden he had a band that could could turn on a dime and do anything he could think of. And that just, uh, for somebody that creative, it just, it, it, it becomes this, you know, mind-blowing, the possibilities are just endless. Yeah. And so he just went everywhere. With this band, I mean, it was like you know, one song to the next. You go, what, what, what was I? I, I mean, I've got some tracks. Like I said, I've got some tracks. You just absolutely would never guess in a million years he could he could have written or would have written or I, I just, and it just you know all my all my years with them that was always the case. So much of that stuff, album after album, just went into the vault, you know, and every once in a while a tune would pop up, and the ones that are on the last album. Um, I did not think we we're going to come out because we recorded them in 2012. Wow. And there were yeah. some nice ones. Uh, the, and going to credits, I mean, there's kind of this credits are kind of screwy. I got I got credit for doing my the arrangements of like seven songs on there. But the Hornheads played those as well. Mm. And um, the 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 recent NPG, you know, played on that album. Well, they did a couple tunes and they, you know, they're credited as the horn players on there. But um, but still that stuff was, you know, you know, we recorded it and I know it was in a di- album in a different form in 2012 that because I was pretty tight with the engineer and he kind of told me what was going on yeah. and it went away. But I think why, you know, he pulled some of those back, which I was really glad to have hmm. come out. Yeah, because wow. all those were all those we did kind of off site and I was really pretty happy with even even with the editing he did some interesting editing with with them but i was pretty happy with how those turned out and they were there was there were no guide tracks on that on those you know huh. he pretty much gave me wow. full full creative for, for almost most of the stuff we did in these last five years was pretty much just some of them had some cool guy tracks. i mean he could nobody could write a hook like that dude man mm. the horn hooks the the huh. vocal hooks they're just yeah. every time you hear one you go, oh man that's you know i wish i have thought of that yeah you know? yeah it's um yeah and then, and then he had he he defaulted back to his you know James Brown and Sly and Family Stone horn parts too a lot of times which was kind of kind of interesting and fun because they always had some they always they they were like he kind of remembered them but then he would he would um, dictate them more in his with his harmonic sense uh-huh. and they just always had right, some right. some little, weird little little thing in them that was, was like wow how did that happen you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 story of harmon- harmonics wise this is a really quick story, but just um, uh, and I I I think can visualize this very well. But we did there was a tune called Cream on the on the um, uh, on the Diamonds and Pearls album, and when we played it live, you know we he we had some licks and stuff, but then a lot of times he just wanted the horns to to pad underneath stuff, and so it's in B flat, and um, and it, it, it's I don't know if it's actually a blues structure, but it's you know it's just using one four five you mm-hmm. know dominant one four five, and so we're we're first chord is a B flat, and so I've got a B flat nine voiced out. Um, it wasn't even a thirteen; it's a straight nine chord. And um, when we get to the second chord to the E flat, it changes the E flat on the second bar, and then back to B flat. He go he just says horns just go down a half step. 
And if you think about that, and when he first said it, I'm going, what? You know? But if you yeah. think about it, if you think about it harmonically, what that does to the chord, it just brings in all the extensions yeah. and then back up again. And I mean, I, you know, I don't know what in, in his ear or his, or his knowledge or his past experience made him think, oh, just go down a half, take that chord I'm hearing, go down a half step and that'll sound cool over an E flat. Seven, but it does. And it was just like, well, he doesn't talk in those kind of you know, terms and extensions and things like yeah. that. But it just didn't even occur to me when I did it. And when we played it, and it was, I, and in fact, I have to give uh, Pete Emblem, a uh, trombone player, credit for this. I think a year or two after we did that, because I liked how it sounded, but it didn't occur to me what had happened. And he goes, I said, yeah, he had us just go down a half step. He said, well, yeah, it kind of hits all the extension. I went, oh, my God, that's why that works. Uh, yeah. You know? And <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's like, it's but. A, it's, but a tri- it's the tritone sub, right? Yeah. Because it, it's. Uh, a, 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 perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's a tritone sub. A9, just, right? Yeah. Which is the tritone sub of E flat. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's a tritone sub. And I, I don't know why that didn't occur to me. But I, I think part of what reason it didn't occur to me is because. I didn't take the arranging classes. Everybody sure. else did. Well, and, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've, I've stumbled across that myself. I know how tritone sub works, but it just didn't even, I, it didn't even, I just thought half well, steps down. It's Why? also just pure voice leading. Like, yeah. you know, True. Yeah. you could have put anything in the bass and it's just the fact that everyone's moving by half step and then moving back. It's going to create a really strong yeah. movement back. Yeah, so absolutely. It it's could a, be anything in the bass. Yes, yes. It's a strong voicing to begin with, and so it holds up when you do that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Internal logic exactly. behind it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but that you know, one of one of my many, many, many learning moments with with Prince was that was one of them. So, Mike, Mike, if you're down, we should we should do this again and spend uh, another two hours together just talking <laughs> music. Seriously, the whole time, it's so if awesome. Because I, yeah. I sure am. Yeah, absolutely. This is fun. I, you know, I mean, I, I don't, you know. I, I've done some interviews and stuff, but I don't get to talk to musicians that much about this stuff. And it's, um, it's fun stuff to share. So nice to meet you, man. Oh, likewise, man. This is really, really fun. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to, to chat with us about all this stuff and sharing all your stories. And it's been incredible. Great. We'll do it again. Yeah. Thank you. What a great time. Wow, Aaron. What an interview. Yeah, it was really cool just to hear all of the experiences Michael has had. I mean, obviously we're just getting, you know, the very tip of the iceberg with his career, but all the experience working with Prince and going on the road and just kind of how it all came together. Yes, and I certainly hope that we're able to follow up like we talked about at the end, that we can do another interview soon. Like you mentioned, we're just getting, we're scratching the surface of his experiences. So hopefully uh, you, the listeners, found this interview insightful and helpful in your own careers and knowledge. We know it was certainly for us. So we'll be sure to try to bring him back as a guest, hopefully next year or sometime in the near future. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Be sure to subscribe through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Email us your questions at thearrangerspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook and on Twitter with the handle at thearrangerspod. Happy writing and hope to see you next time. <laughs>